Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Alex, we're back. Yeah. How are you? There was a pause there. There was a pause. Yeah, because we I had did. to wonder which Alex I was talking to. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, exactly. because Alex Baumgartner is back. Bomber, how are you? Oh, the dog's answering for you. How are you, man? The, the dog was hyped for my... Uh appearance on the show i'm happy this time i am here with other alex alex number one yeah but um what's going on we're missing someone what's going on here the ttc sucks is the reason why our dear friend daniel is not here but again he made it he wants to make it very clear that carter verhage is is a special place for both you and he so i think obviously people are going to be like ask him about quinville because you of course are massive panthers guy you cover them and all that but first, something on Carter Van- No, we're not doing that. No, absolutely not. Um, there is a lot. That's the first off. First real question to start the show, Alex. And I think only you know what I'm about to ask. Because Alex isn't going to understand it. Have you read Whole Cake Island? It's been a busy time with the Panthers, unfortunately. It's just like that. Thank you for coming on. No, no, no. All right. <laughs> we'll move on. We'll move on. We'll keep that in mind. Um, But seriously, you know, it's... It has been somehow an up and down season with the Panthers, despite the fact that the only loss they have nearly three weeks into the year is in the shootout. Um, and of course, that is being Joel Quinville is no longer the coach of the Florida Panthers. We know he met with Gary Bettman in that same day. He steps down. Bettman agreed with it. But sort of rewinding here, Alex, once the report came out um, about everything to do with the Blackhawks, you saw some of it. And then you saw that Joe Quinville was coaching that game. What were your reactions, sorry, going back there? Um, so initially when the report came out, I didn't read the I still haven't read the whole thing, but I read a lot of the parts where he was mentioned. So I got more into detail with that like the day of that game. And I was pretty surprised that he was coaching. Mm-hmm. Um I then I obviously we saw the Kyle Beach TSN segment, and then I'm like, "There's no way they're gonna let him coach, right? Mm-hmm. There's no way." And then he was behind the bench, and I said, "Wow, uh, this is gonna be a very, very interesting post game press conference." And well, well, we can get into that in a second. <laughs> mm-hmm. The initial bomber bomb, actually, if yeah. I remember correctly, yeah. right? Yeah, I remember seeing it. I didn't even see the original tweet. I saw it from someone else who quote tweeted it. That's why I'm like, I know that name. I recognize that name for a second. You might have been like the first person to actually say that Quinville wasn't speaking. We can go there. I was. That Quinville wasn't speaking to the media. And all of a sudden, like you, it was just, how many retweets did you think you had or quote tweets? 
Um, so last time I checked, there was like 500 quote tweets, 700,000 impressions. Like, jeez. Well, well, I guess that's what happens when you, cause I did, I do believe I was the first one to get it out there that he wasn't speaking to the media mm-hmm. just based off of like the timeline of all the people that were in that press conference. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, Wisniewski or ever how you pronounce it was that like quote tweeted it right away. Um, and a couple like Grinelli quote tweeted it. Like there was a lot of people just quote tweeting it. A lot of people were saying, you know, like, what the hell just happened? You you coach the game and you don't talk to the media. So that's that's kind of how, um, that was how that day went for the Panthers. You let them mm-hmm. coach. You play the game. You don't let them speak to the media. And then you have the press, the hearing or whatever it was, the meeting, not a hearing, the meeting mm-hmm. with Bettman the next day. What did you, sorry, before I just quickly throw to Alex here, I just one thing I wanted to ask you here is, so I want to say it was that morning he spoke, but he didn't say much. I believe it was simply the, I understand you got to do your job. It almost sounded like a Tortorella press conference, but the morning, the he, post-morning skate, he did speak mm-hmm. to the media that were there. And really, the only th- real thing of note that he said about that was, and I believe he was asked, would this be a distraction in the room, was, and it was very much poor words coming from Joe Quinville, I'm going to paraphrase here, is we try and eliminate all distractions, which, if you've read the Jenner and Block report, uh, was not the best words for Joe Quinville to use. Yeah. Um, definitely surprising that he was coaching that night. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think he should have been coaching. Um, yeah. Like, when a player gets suspended... Uh, they need to do their hearing before they can, you know, play a game, go to practice, whatever it is. Why isn't it the same for a coach, especially in this circumstance? I think that's kind of what people were questioning the league for. And then I haven't seen too much about what happened today with the league, but I saw some of the quotes and it was interesting with Batman. Mm-hmm. Interesting is a word. Yeah. That, that would what best describe he, it. <laughs> what, what was he? Sorry to cut you off here. Other no. Alex, um, Alex, no. main Alex. Um, but I think the thing was, what was it? Gary said, I didn't want to, to, he was like, should prejudge. he have coached? Yes or no. But I wanted to make sure that no one, including Joe Quinville thought that I had prejudged him, which is just ludicrous. And I think he oh, then wow. numbered how many games Quinville had coached since 2010. It was like, okay, Gary, I, the thing I don't understand is what happened between the day that the Jenner and Block investigative report came out and what happened in that not lengthy meeting between Quenville Bettman with Matthew Caldwell, uh, one of the presidents slash CEO of the Panthers and um, Bill Zito were in the room as well. What, what, what happened in that hour time frame that changed the judgment? Because it's not a, it's not a court hearing. Like he's not, going up against a jury there wasn't any other evidence it's what that report said yeah and uh and the leak so i think it was cj who said it it might have been friedman one of those two like the league had that report monday morning so they had it even before before everybody else so they still said we'll meet with uh quenville i I guess it would have been thursday and we'll meet with Shevelteyev on the Monday, which obviously got boofed, but it was just the whole thing was ridiculous. I, I'm really curious to know, though, what the what the pulse of the fan base was 
when that came out, whether like, if you want to talk about the, the night of that game against the Bruins, as well as like when he got fired, like what was the thought among the fan base? So there was a couple of different things that happened. And as a reporter, journalist, whatever you want to call me, I'm not actively participating in fan discussions. However, I do see what's going on with the Panthers Twitter. Um, I think I saw mixed reviews or mixed opinions when that report came out. A lot of people were like, oh, you don't know anything yet, like like this, that. I don't think enough people actually read the entirety of the report for them to know what they were talking about. They were looking at screen grabs on Twitter. Then when the Kyle Beach uh, in, in interview came out, immediately I saw the same people flip and say, no, like he shouldn't be coaching tonight. He needs to be gone. At least that's what I saw quite frequently. A lot of people were kind of, jumping back to like okay this isn't like once you put a face to a name it's like you get the human connection i think that's what a lot of people not just for the panthers fan base just in the hockey community really just like sympathize with that and then when he resigned a lot of people are like okay yeah like that was the right choice like Mm -hmm. get it out of the way like focus on the team because these players weren't with the Blackhawks, any of them weren't, but they also had Quenville as the coach. So it's like, move on from Quenville because right. what needed to be done was done in terms of him not being the Panthers coach. It was, I don't want to say weird because it like, to me, it was weird how much consensus there was among not even, I guess, people just in Florida, but across the entire league. And I think we were recording at the same time it all went down last, um, last Wednesday but like from all sides, like from sides, you'd usually expect to go head to head that we were all in agreement that he really shouldn't have been behind the bench that night. And it was just, it was odd to see. <laughs> you, you know, who probably thought he should have been behind the bench and who probably didn't read the report either. Probably Jonathan Taves. <laughs> so here's the thing with the, uh, Taze, Kane, like these guys comments, um, the Panthers players, when they were asked about it the day after, because they played a back-to-back, immediately it was like, we feel for Kyle Beach. That should never have happened. Um, obviously, they're not going to be like slander in Quenville because they didn't know about this until two days before. But they were also not defending him. They were just like, what's important now is that um, we listen to Kyle. And Jonathan Huberto had good quotes. Barkov had good quotes. Ekblad had really good quotes. It seems like everyone in the NHL player-wise had really good quotes, except for the players that played on that Blackhawks team. The best quote of the day was Alex DeBrincat, who was was 23 years old. He was 12 when this happened. Yeah. And and he's the one with the best quote. It was just, it's off-putting. And I I, I mean, we had that discussion last episode, but like, it it was just off-putting to see the entire thing. So, Alex, uh, Baumgartner, I have a question for you. Just for the sake of this episode, we'll go with Bomber for today. Okay, good, 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 good. Okay, so, Bomber, um, I have a question here. I'm actually going, that's why you're here, to answer our questions. (laughs) What are are Anthony Duclair and Sergei Vavrasi going to say when John... 
Uh, I think you're, uh, you cut out a bit, but you're definitely asking about Tortorella, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, Marcus Nudavara as well was also a Blue Jacket oh, yeah. at one point. Um, I don't see. The thing is, um, I said it when it happened. A lot of people were in agreement with me. Obviously, there's always the people that will challenge you when you have a statement on Twitter. I said, don't hire someone within two hours of realizing you have to make the decision to not have Joel Quenville as your coach when two days ago you didn't think this was going to happen. So don't Mm -hmm. hire someone at 1 a.m. Specifically, don't hire John Tortorella, (laughs) who's had multiple players at one time. He had three players, a couple players from that Columbus team that are now in Florida, all of whom are playing well, specifically Bob and Duclair. So, yeah, that's something where Zito was there. Zito was in Columbus. Zito's not a stupid guy. He knows the relationship that Duclair and Torts had. He knows the relationship that Bobrovsky and Torts had. I don't really think he was accounting too much for Marcus Nudavara's feelings. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Torts will be the coach of the Panthers at one point. I do have to say that same day when the Quenville uh, hearing was or meeting was happening, Tortorella went on ESPN and said, Barkov is the number one player in the world. Now, if you, said, if you said top three, I would be like, okay, maybe he's being legitimate because, you know, McDavid, you can go McKinnon, Crosby. Like there's a couple different like Barkovs like up there. Mm-hmm. But this guy said, nope, he is the best player in the NHL. Miss him, man. I'll do the line anything and make Barkov into a power forward. Forget the skill. Um, okay, well, obviously, right no. now, Andrew Burnett is the interim coach. Um, does he stick? Obviously, you would know a lot more about him. Or is it maybe the end of the year or within the coming weeks or months, there is a full process and there's a different person behind the bench? Is it going to be Julian? Do they go after him? Or what do you see happening with the coaching situation in Florida? Honestly, the reason why I said keep it in-house for now is see how Brunette, Al Samuelson, Derek McKenzie, see how these guys who have been in this system can keep this system going. The system worked last season. The system's really working this season. And, I mean, you're, you're one loss this year, two games under Brunette. You're one loss. He's on a back-to-back against Boston in Boston in a shootout with Spencer Knight playing his first game and is like, home city for hockey Mm because he's from the Connecticut area played in Boston for university. I, if Brunette does well, he, he still might be interim the entirety of the season, but I don't expect a change just because that means the system that the Panthers have been working with all season and like last season is still working. The players know what they're doing. The players respect, like it's, it's a tough situation for the players because your coach resigned because of a terrible situation, like unspeakable about what happened. And it's not like he got fired because he was bad at coaching hockey. It's like, this is more important than hockey. This is why he's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. And the players and the coaching staff all have to come together. Andrew Burnett said, we're a family. And we have to come together at times like this. And I think that's what makes me think the players really want to keep it in house for now. Mm-hmm. Hey, fair enough. It's not easy to replace probably the second best coach of all time or the argument's sake there. Well, it's not even it's not even about how good of a coach he was when he was coaching. It's just that like the news hits you so quickly and like when mm-hmm. you see like it affects everyone because like this is a 20-year-old guy it happened to when it happened to. Like 
it's more than hockey. And like the guy that you've been looking at for three years in the room as your leader, like you don't have the same opinions on him anymore. You don't have the same feelings. So I think that's what's going to like, it's more mental than, oh, how is Quenville system going to translate with the assistant coaches? Mm-hmm. Uh, anything you wanted to ask Alex before yes. we move on to, okay, go ahead then. I got to ask about Bobrovsky. I, I know Bobrovsky. I got to ask because I don't know which Sergei Bobrovsky we have anymore. Which one is it? Because uh, you know what the joke was, he'd have like on an on year and then an off year, but it seems like his first two years in Florida were not fantastic. And now he's just on a blazing start in his first six games. Like, is it a matter of like something he's doing different? Because to me, looking at the team, I wouldn't say there was drastic changes. The the players just got better. So there's a couple of things that happened over the offseason with Bobrovsky. First of all, Chris Dreer is no longer the Panther, which means Spencer Knight was for sure going to be on the team. I could kind of foretell they weren't going to have the 20-year-old become the day one starter specifically after seeing the up and down year Carter Hart had they're not stupid you don't need to put that much pressure and I said it over and over again Spencer Knight is coming into this is before the season Spencer Knight's coming into quite possibly one of the best teams contending for a Stanley Cup next season that's a lot of pressure to put on a guy that's younger than all of us in the Zoom call are right now. Mm-hmm. Bobrovsky has two Vezinas. Bobrovsky had that big contract. Bobrovsky on his game can play. Can Bobrovsky do it? Comes into the season, playing lights out. He had a kid. Um, that's why he's got, going by Dad Bob now. It seems like a lot of these athletes, they, they have a child and they just turn it up. Fred Van Vliet. I mean, Tyler Hero had a child in the offseason, and now the dude's putting up 20 off the bench. Bobrovsky looks like he is on his way to being another Vezina caliber season almost. So he also deleted social media. He told George Richards of Florida Hockey Now, I believe. He deleted social media. So all the news or rumors in the offseason, Bob didn't know any of it. Kept his mind on track. I think that's why his game's translating so well. Well, there's a player in Toronto who should uh, delete his social media. And I've scored one goal, and I'm good again. Anyway, um, just for context for people listening, um, here are the numbers for Carter Hart. Sorry, no, for Spencer Knight and Sergei Bobrovsky. And yes, when you're on the show, you nailed the thing about Bobrovsky starting. So Spencer Knight right now is 2-0-1. And, and again, small sample size. His goals against average is under 2. His save percentage is a 9.29. Sergey Bobrovsky is 6-0. and His goals against 1.8. His save percentage is a 9.44. And, um, you know, I was listening to an episode, I think it was uh, of you on... Um, sorry, I, wanna, I don't want to get the title Five wrong. Reasons Sports. Five Reasons Sports. And one of your co-hosts said something really interesting that I wanted to mention here. And it was celebrating the players. And there is a lot to celebrate about the Panthers players right now, a.k.a. just quickly got some of their stats up. Both Ekblad, um, of course, Barkov and Hubert are all point per game right now. Duclair is scoring. Bennett's had a blazing start. It looks like Reinhardt's fitting in just well. And Verhage, three goals. There you go, Daniel. Um, it seems like the Panthers were good last year, but I have this belief that the playoffs can change a team. And it seems like to start the year, at least, the Panthers came out of that series against Tampa. Yeah, they lost, 
But my goodness, are they on a mission to start? The Panthers came out of the offseason pissed because they ran three different goalies in the playoffs. They were without their best defenseman. And they still took the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions to six games. The Panthers were pissed. Because if you think Panthers fans were mad about the whole circumventing the cap and the Battle of Florida, imagine how the players felt knowing, like, shit, these guys are 20 million over us and we're just as good as them. We should be there. So I think losing to a Stanley Cup champion specifically when they're your in-state rival, and they clearly hate each other because you watch every Battle of Florida last season, those guys hate each other. And I know Tampa, if anyone they would not want to play in the first round, it's going to be Florida. They don't want to play Florida. Even that that preseason game when I think it was like Corey Perry like had tackled Andre Vasilevsky, it was just a whole thing. Oh, Bennett um, hit Vasilevsky. Perry and Bennett went at it. Perry and Tippett went at it. Pat Maroon was getting slapped <laughs> by someone. Like, and then Hornquist is just there, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be eco- God. You just kind of think about it, man. The Panthers are just a, they are. Uh, I can't swear on this, but there's a way to describe this team plays it's not fun um alex anything you wanted to ask about the players here no just Borowski. yo shout out by the way to five points for mason marchment to start the year you love to see it you love to see it you love to see it okay joe thornton converting on power play opportunities i want to say funny enough his last goal as a leaf may have been a power play goal i believe it was was against montreal yeah Yeah, it was in the it was in the playoffs i think that's the insane. One game the, play, the penalty, the power play works. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Alex, you work at the Hockey Hall of Fame, and I wanted to ask you to tell a story you told me, and that was about about meeting the Perrys. I want you to tell this story because we still miss Corey Perry on the show, both Al, Daniel, and I, of course, for obvious reasons. Yeah. So, um, nah, it's cool to like talk to. Uh, NHL families and stuff like that because they're really like you know humble people and they're kind of they kind of just don't like they were saying oh yeah like we know like you pick the games and um like the play like Frederick Anderson was one of the players like oh yeah like my husband knows them stuff like that but like they wouldn't say who they were so like the kid had a Perry jersey you know like oh it's cute like it's probably Corey Perry's like son or something but like yeah it's cool to just meet people and athletes and stuff like that it's gotta be so cool. And you work in the cup room, right? I work everywhere, you know. It's it's a, a cup room, like the game stuff like that. Like you meet you meet a lot of different people from different places. Like every time I'm there, like people from Switzerland or Germany come and like my dad's from Switzerland, so I always talk to them like, Oh yeah, like Nico Hirschier, Roman Yossi. Like we'll talk about like the Swiss National League and like players over there. I had a guy asking me if I knew who um some ran uh, the David Moser wasn't like, yeah, I know David Moser. It's like, oh yeah, he's uh, he's in the AHL right now. It's it's cool to just like connect with people. So yeah, like we met, we talked with like the Perrys and it was just cool. And induction week's coming up soon. So we're going to see guys like a Ginla, Hosa, Holland, Lowe, Kim St. Pierre. It's going to be a nice time. Good, good. Um, And because I know you love this question, how many Stanley Cups are there, Alex? There are three Stanley Cups. One is right here. It always stays right here all the time. There's one in the vault. It's the original Stanley Cup Bowl with the bands. 1963, I believe, is the last time it was uh, 
on the Stanley Cup and then the Traveling Cup. That's the Presentation Cup. The Tampa Bay Lightning did have it at the start of the season and they just returned it. So those are the three Stanley Cups. You can tell in his voice how many people have asked him that question. I say it every day, 20 times, 30 times, like... You cut out a bit. Can you explain that again? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't know about that. You have to pay a the Hockey Hall of Fame for, for you to hear this. This is the one-time only story. Never again. Only here on the 2-in-1 podcast. All right. Plug it. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we, before we let you go here, Alex, do you have any questions? No, sir. All right. So whenever we have you on again... Who knows? Maybe we'll do a New Year's thing. Maybe we'll preview the Olympics with you. Who knows? You're you're, you're always a great guy to talk to. Um, I just hope that next time you're here, we can we can talk about you know. Whole well, cake next Island. time, next time I'm here, it's gonna be me, Alex, and Daniel, and you're not gonna be. On of the course, episode. yeah. No, yeah, it's inevitably just, what's gonna. Oh happen. God, I'm in. I've traveled for some reason. What do we do? <laughs> Who knows? You're but, like uh, in Cozumel or something while I'm on the podcast. You've taken my spot. Then it's just that was your plan. Is you're picking us off one by one. It's still and then I'm gonna then I'm gonna be go. the host next time too. I'm like, so Alex, we're back. <laughs> it's funny. Like I, I was playing Halo with Mike Jagasar the other day, and it was just every time we respawn because we were playing Halo Three Legendary. He's just like, and we're back, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> it's a meme. Okay. Anyway, um. Because we took you the entire episode last time you were on, Alex. Um, it was fun. Well, Come on. It was. It was. Well, are, are you free now for a bit? I'm free as long as you guys are free. That, okay. That makes no sense. Okay. It's it's fine. Hey. Um. Okay. So I guess we can quickly move on to uh, a few things here. Um. We spoke a little about, bit about Taves and Kane earlier. I mean, just put read read the room. Um, the commissioner did talk, but I think we're going to wait until next episode to talk about it just because um, I know Alex and I haven't fully listened to the full press conference, and I feel like we should have Daniel for that. Um, and then probably next episode when we know a bit more about this meeting that happened today between Donald Fuhr and the Players Association, maybe he'll be gone. Who knows and all of that. Um, but first off, um, Alex, if you excuse me, I feel like we need to start talking about the Canadians today. Because uh, Twitter exploded. Yesterday, a conversation started going around when Dom Ducharme was asked if there was a possibility that Cole Caulfield was going to be sent to the AHL. And Habs Twitter had been talking about it for a few days. It happened today. Uh, Michael Bezada comes up in his, in his place. For any of you who don't know who he is, he's a chippy young player. Had a good camp, but anyway. Um, is it the right decision, you think, Alex? Uh, which one? Uh, Cole Caulfield. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. No, remember, he's bomber for today. Sorry. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, no, I, I again, I think um, it's the right decision if he's struggling. And I think we've had this discussion the last two episodes. But I think the Montreal Canadiens are having a slight time, a slightly difficult time, sorry, adjusting to life without, uh, I would argue, their three most important players. Um, yeah. I think that's what the reality is here. And I think, you know what, if you give time Caulfield, like, listen, Caulfield's going to go down to to Laval and he's probably going to murder it. Like the chances of him not are, are, are quite low, but I just, I think give him some time, build up that confidence and then bring him back when things seem to be a little more in control. Cause it seems like things are out of control a little bit right now. Yeah, two wins when you're nearly three weeks into the season is a bit of a 
it's a bit of a concern, isn't it? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, Bobber, I want to ask, ask, ask you this, because right now, as Alex mentioned, you know, they've lost Shea Weber, they've lost Carey Price, and they've lost Philip Deneau. Um, three things that really, if you look at their cup run, it was good goaltending, great defensive play, clearing the front of the net and shots from the outside, as we know. And then three most important players of that is gone. They now have a core that it is young. There is some talent there. We know with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. But they don't have an identity. Now, I would see this as there's a way to build the team and your style of play around those young players, and the Canadians haven't done that. Would you agree with that? And also, what's your take on the fact that Cole Caulfield, um, I had him winning the Calder this year, and is instead now going to be fighting for the Calder Cup? Yeah, so you can quickly change Anton Lundell to your Calder favorite. I'll let you do that right now. Get out of here. And no, I did not take him or Knight. I had Zegers winning the Calder. But um, the Habs have just – I've watched the Habs for quite a while, and – from as far as I can remember, the Habs have always been in the middle of something. So mm-hmm. they're either in the middle of contending for a cup, like they're not there on paper as like a cup favorite, but they have a team that's good enough to make a run in the playoffs, or they're a team that's like not good enough, not bad enough to be like a rebuilding team, but not good enough to be like a playoff lock. It's like choose something. 17 you want to rebuild do you want to rebuild do you want to retool you you can't just full send it into a stanley cup run not with this team like last year i'll agree it was a very good run the way the nhl's formatted this season it's not going to happen again mm-hmm. so like what are you guys doing do you like you have like you said there's no identity it's like how is this team supposed to play like last year in the playoffs it's like this is the best penalty killing you've ever seen like it was a defensive minded team that was able to kind of catch you on the counter and have a brick wall behind you net. Now it's like, you're missing all these guys and you're just kind of lost. What's um, I was kind of, I was looking at, at obviously, you know, they just finished their sort of Western road trip, AKA California and they had Seattle in there. They all get Seattle. They get pumped. They go up against, LA and Phil Deneau had a great game, by the way. They get pumped. And you mentioned their penalty kill. Before the game against Anaheim, I think it was at 65%. And I'm pretty sure um, Anaheim had a, had a pair. By the way, shout out to uh, Cedric Paquette getting a two-game suspension for braining uh, Trevor Zegras. Probably should have gotten more. They went in San Jose for the first time since I was a month old. Which, yeah, bravo, it's San Jose. Since I said they were legit again... Uh, they've lost, I think, three or four straight, by the way. We got to stop doing that. that. We really got to so, stop doing that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Just... Mitch Marner has been off, scores a goal. Anyway, so <laughs> I, I want to ask you, ask, ask both of you, don't look this up. Okay. Do you guys know who was skating a second-line center at Habs, Habs practice today? Baumgartner oh. first. Who do you think Alex it was? Alex Galchenyuk, 2012. I wish. I wish. Um, Alex, who do you I, think it was? I know the answer. It's on our documents. I will... Uh, refrain from it oh so i like, did is it, like a, is it like a crazy name that i wouldn't even have heard of no you've you've heard of him they've tried it before is your hint is it druen it is he's playing second line see here's what's annoying right he's having a good year like the best play- hockey he's played is a hab mentally he's in a great place and they're back in and they put him back in the position you know that what they ruined say him in the first place <laughs> if it works change it Exactly. I believe that's Dominic Ducharme's favorite favorite saying, right, Adam? 
Well, well his is something about snowballing, and the uh, Canadians just continue to snowball, if you uh, want to put it like that. I just, it's such a rough go right now. Oh, we should mention, by the way, because a big headline coming out of the game against Anaheim. I wish Daniel was here for this. Ryan Getzlaff is now the all-time leading scorer in Ducks history. I thought that was really, really cool. I just wish it wasn't against the Haps. We'll dedicate like an hour for next uh, for next episode. Just on. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> okay. Um, again, the Habs are bad. Please get better. I can't take 70 more games of this. It's it's too difficult. Um, anyway, quickly going to the Leafs here. Then um, they've won some games. They did beat oh no the Mike hates me. Am I good okay. again? Can you yeah, hear me? Yeah, you're good, man. Okay, so you look at the Leafs. Um, they pull out some after losing to Frederick Anderson and the Canes. That was a bit of a bit of a situation, wasn't it? They beat the Blackhawks after being down two nothing. Um, they also come in and have a pretty wild game against Detroit. They were wins and you needed them. But I was I kind of came out of it and I thought, okay, there was a common theme in that Detroit game first off that it was the Leafs get ahead by two, Detroit strike back. I feel like that's a game that you're lucky to have won. Not lucky, I should say. No, but yeah. if I'm Sheldon Keith, there's still a lot there. And even if it's, again, the Chicago game, you appreciate the win, but you shouldn't fall down 2 nothing to a Chicago team that should have just been destroyed that entire night considering they haven't won a game yet. Yeah. Like nothing has changed since last episode. Like most of my thoughts are the exact same because the whole thing was, and I think people are very confused by this or just clearly not listening is it's not about the stats and it's not about winning. It's about, well, yes, it's about winning at the end of the day, but it's about, playing a full 60 minute game and this team continues to fail at doing that. I Marner could have 150 points, but if it come playoff time or come the most important game of the year, if he's, if the effort level or what I'm watching is not a hundred percent, a full 60 minute game, that it's what the downfall of the team is. It's game five, game six and game seven against Montreal. It's game five against um, it's game five against Columbus. It's games six and seven against Boston the year before that. Like it's just time and time again the most important games, and it's not just Marner. Like it's it's everybody on the team. I think we got up in a blaze of glory about Justin Hall being scratched. Sorry, he hasn't looked good. Like it's just mm. the reality that we're living in, and and we're still pretending that all that matters is if they get the two points or not, where you're content, you're supposed to be a contending team and a lot of your guys make big boy money and they're not playing like it. Bomber. Um, you know, before the season, I want to say, I don't remember if it was on the show or I might have texted you on Twitter, you know, how we normally talk, but we had a conversation. It was like, who's better, the Leafs or, or Florida? We should have asked who was better, the Panthers or anyone in the Atlantic division. Um, but, you know, obviously we talk about the Leafs and the Habs mainly on the show, but as a sort of outsider, um, what are your thoughts on the Leafs and the way their season is going so far? The Leafs are the most confusing franchise. Um, normally in the regular season, they're kind of like a powerhouse. You're just putting up goals everywhere. Um, not necessarily the best offensive team, but like, yeah, you'll be top five, top six in goals for in the season. They're, what, fifth in the Atlantic now? They're pretty much five, four, four, and one. So you're in the middle of the pack right now, but 
it's the early on in the, in the beginning of the season, it's almost better that the Leafs aren't just piling their way through the Atlantic right now because they normally will get in the playoffs comfortably and then just not show up in the playoffs. So maybe this will help them. Mm-hmm. You have bit. a lot more optimism than I do. <laughs> I, well, I'm I, just saying this from an outsider because uh, it's been the, yeah. it's been a running joke. No first mm-hmm. round since 2004, but you've been a regular season juggernaut for the last, what, four years? That's why I tell Leafs fans, yeah, even though you're not better than the Panthers, like, don't kill yourselves over it. It's okay. Yeah, man, like the, the Kings in 2012, I think it was, when they won the Cup, they were the eighth seed in the West. Mm-hmm. Like, they got Jeff Carter at the deadline and made the playoffs. Like, I, I know, like, that's the – obviously, that's always a possibility. Montreal last year finished fourth in the Canadian division, almost missed the playoffs, and made it to the Cup final. Like, these things are possible. It's just – when you get when players ask for eleven million dollars, or when players compare themselves to players they're clearly not, it's just uh, you. Your expectations get dramatically bigger. I don't think this is like a. I, I think a lot of people like to say it's just a Toronto thing, but I, I know it's not just a Toronto thing. Uh, speaking of con, my mic's just. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. That's with it. okay. It's, it's, it's gone. Um, uh, speaking of quick deals, I forgot to ask you this earlier, Bomber. So we'll just quick quick note. Uh, how nice is that Barkoff deal, by the way? It's worth every single penny. Like Fair it's, that was a discount. People will compare contracts to discounts. No, Barkoff taking tens of discount. Mm-hmm. Like obviously the state tax, the no state tax helps. Um, just being the voice of Panthers hockey will help. Like you'll get his sponsorship deals and just being Alexander Barkov, being the humble guy he is. I mean, I say humble having $80 million being $80 million richer, but yeah, that's a great deal. And I'm ready for Huberto to sign for 8.8. Same in Montreal. Um, yeah. French guy. With so Sid, Kadri. This is what happened. Huberto, the same day you messaged me something about Huberto in Montreal, like as a joke. Huberto posts on his Instagram stories, chilling in his mansion in Fort Lauderdale with the canal and like 20 degree weather, his big pool, the canal, the boats in the back. And he's like, I love this life. And I'm just like, I posted it on my Twitter. I'm like, yeah, he ain't going anywhere. I can dream that a star player is going to come to Montreal one day. Uh, but speaking of contracts, by the way, um, out of nowhere, the Morgan Riley contract just showed up. Um, it's the full eight years. It's sixty million. The uh, AAV is seven point five. Um, there's a full no no ah fuck only if only I could talk. There's a full no move for the first six years. Um, it's a bit modified when it comes to the last two years. Um, not a lot of signing bonuses, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, listen, I think I've been extremely critical of Morgan Riley on this podcast, and if people say this is a hometown discount, I'm not gonna listen to them. I just, I'm not. It's just not going to happen. Like he's not Charlie McAvoy. He's a good player. No, but um, I think I, I think if he went to open market, he would have gotten more. I genuinely believe that. Like I, I Cody Cece got three and a half. You will not pull me away from the fact that I'm not saying this is a hometown discount. It, it would have been an overpayment if he made that on the UFA market. But I mm-hmm. believe he would have got more if he went to free agency. Well, have you guys seen some of these other defensive contracts though? Like 
Yes. I mean, you, I don't know. Yeah, we remember we we looked at them all together. So I don't know if you guys are going to talk about this later, but that deal in New York that just happened 40 minutes ago. Oh, we will. Yeah. We will. All right. So let's not spoil it there. But I, I still think 7.5 is like what Riley would have gotten on the market, maybe a little bit more, but I don't think he's worth that much. No, no, I, I don't. I think no, yeah, was yeah, it yeah. two episodes ago, Adam, I'm like, yeah, eight, $8 million is my turning point. And like, I'm not even comfortable with that. What did Pareko get again? Was it 6.5? Six, six and a half. I think I compared that. I'm like, obviously different style defenseman, but for levels, mm-hmm. I've always thought like that was accurate. But I mean, it was a question of could they keep him? Like, you know, the thing is, if you lose Morgan Riley, who steps into his place? Like, it's a difference between Sandine looks good with Lillian right now compared to top pair and having all the stress, right? Like, uh, it was a, it was, I, I said this a couple episodes too. It's like eventually they didn't bite with Hyman. The Leafs were going to have to bite on a contract they didn't love. Right. And I think Morgan Riley is that contract. Um, and you say who's going to replace him. You brought up on the ice, but I think off the ice is off the ice as well. Um, the same thing. Like I, I know he's only an assistant captain, but less than three years ago, we were having the conversation of is Morgan Riley going to be the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs? And I think there's plenty of people that. who would have made the argument. Yes. As I believe I made that argument. You did as well. Yeah. Made that argument. Um, like you remove Hyman from that room. You removed lots of guys over the last four or five years and for reason reasonable reasons there's not a whole lot of guys left on this roster who are vocal leaders like we know john tavares like the that all or nothing said isn't necessarily the most vocal leader but it's a leader you can follow by example um and i think what the leafs have in a couple of these guys is vocal leaders and i'm really hoping the guys who make a bajillion dollars can do that as well but to have morgan riley who you know is going to do that it is tremendous for a room that if i'm being honest seems fragile at every moment yeah i think that's fair um i want to see marner score a goal that isn't a gimme from the goaltender i know i know they say it's just one but um, listen again. That, that the, we talked a lot about, like the, the big thing of him being on the bumper on the power play, and it hasn't quite transitioned yet. But um, you mentioned it earlier, Bomber. So we can just talk about the Adam Fox deal now. Um, it was a lot was made about Detroit. I mean, not Detroit. That that this was going to be the big one for the Rangers. Um, you know, obviously they have some big tickets already signed up. Um, we know Kreider, we know Panarin, we know all those guys. Jacob Trouba is obviously a big deal. They locked up Shesterkin over the off season. Um, but this was this was probably the most important one. Oh, Mika Zibanejad obviously was just done too. Uh, it's eight years. It's nine point five million dollars. Um, he I, okay. So let's do a thing here. Um, Robert, is he better than Wawrinski? Yes or no? Yes. Is he better than Seth Jones? Yes or no? Yes. Is he better than uh, Charlie McAvoy? Yes or no? That's closer, but he mm-hmm. has a Norris. Yeah, and uh, final one: Is he better than Donner Nurse? Yes. So I think we can all agree this is a pretty damn good contract for the rating defending Norris Trophy winner. Yes. Yeah. That, that's like the one contract. That and the McAvoy were like the two that you mentioned that I was. I'm just like, whoa, mm-hmm. they got a lot of money. 
it's funny that if, if you mention, you get, obviously get up the comparables and you just see right away, okay, there's McAvoy, there's McCarr, who's at nine, but that's for six years. He a little more than Haskinen, but you can understand that. Um, also, by the way, like, how happy are the stars that they did Haskinen as early as they did? Like, that's honestly, that's a really, really, like, nice deal for them. I hate to see the Rangers doing well because Mike's going to be like, oh, great, here you go. Um, but, yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a whole the thing. Ranger, the Rangers, I just saw a tweet. I don't know if, like, it was 54.9%, but I think there's – okay, here it is. Uh, the Rangers, 54.16% of the current 81.5 million cap will be tied up between Panarin, Zabinijad, Shruba, Kreider, and Fox next season. That's – a lot of cap in five players. No comment. No comment. Nah. I will be making no comment on such issues. You know, the Only one fair. that worries me there, that was Kreider. Like, that's the one where I'm like, hmm. Maybe him and Trub. I think Trub has been a little better to start this year than he was last. But And then you see Barkley Goudreau, and you're like, oh, yeah, that doesn't help. That doesn't <laughs> help, does it? Um, you know, how's Kratzov doing? Oh, wait. Mm. Uh, Lias Anderson? Who? We don't want to talk about it. Um, okay. You've chosen a good episode, by the way, to be on here, Bomber. Um, I have this stat. This is, I think it's a couple weeks old. Do you guys know who has the most multi-goal game, sorry, multi-goal road games in history now? Sam Bennett. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, he's passed Gretzky for this record. At least it's Alex Ovechkin. So allow me to just quickly get up the goal leaders. Alex, were you recently followed by an account called uh, OV Goal Counter? I think so. Bomber, I believe you were as well. That is me. I, I was. Made that account. Okay, so burner. as of right now, Brett Hull is only two goals ahead of Ovechkin. Ovi's at 739. So I just, I just needed to highlight this. He has been so good to stick. I was worried about him last year. When he was like, yeah, he's got a little hot, but it just wasn't all together for him. But to start the year, he is on a mission, and you can tell. It is amazing to watch. It is It is because I think you, you brought up last year. It just seemed like something was weird with that team, the Capitals. They kind of went up and down and then ended up losing to Boston in the playoffs. And personally, I was stunned when they lost, I just, the, the expectations for me for that Washington team were a lot higher. So to see mm. them or him specifically with such a good start is really good to see. Cause I genuinely believe he can break that record. And by the way, he is 155 away. If anyone was curious, wow. I really hope he does it. I just imagine getting to live through the moment yeah. of Alex Ovechkin scoring and passing Wayne Gretzky's record. Because you know what's going to happen against the Habs or Leafs because it always does. But not to mention, though, like, Carey Price and, like, a combination of Bernier and that must account for so many of that man's goals. Same with, same with like, Stamkos in that. Jason Spezza, too. Jason Palmerville was another weird one. They just ripped Montreal apart. It's hilarious. Um, not really, but... Okay. Jack Eichel. So last week, I believe it was first, Frank Saravelli said that Vegas and uh, Buffalo had sort of started some intense trade talks. Then it calmed down. Friedman on 32 thoughts said, you know, we've calmed down here. But then Darren Drager said Saturday the teams were heating back up. Then the report started to come out that it was between Buffalo, no, sorry, it was between um, Calgary and Vegas. 
We're still waiting. Um, I don't know what to say about this now other than can we just figure this out now? Because it's getting a little comical. Like, just make the deal. Because first off, if Vegas are doing that, like, Pacioretty is going the other way, right? Because we knew they were trying to trade him before. They have to make the money work. Or they just sit him for the rest of the year. But, what? like, think of it. They have to give up something. Like, what so, do Vegas still have to give up of value? They So I think the rule with the LCIR is, because I'm assuming that's what you meant, um, is he has to technically be able to fit on the squad. He has to be an active part of your roster yes, before yes, yes, you yes. can throw him on LTIR. So they would still somehow have to fit him under the cap. But seemingly every day someone else is ending up on IR or LTIR. So magic. I have a question. Yep. Pacioretty has a 10-team no-trade list. There is absolutely (laughs) zero chance that this guy has as a Buffalo as one of those teams that he would allow the trade to be made to. There's absolutely no chance. So it's the seven Canadian teams and Buffalo – Arizona. Arizona. Let's let's throw Columbus in there. I feel like – Sure, let's throw Columbus in there. Um. I mean, like, yeah, I, I just – they do have to give up a, someone. Shall we go through to see who Hatsing makes money and doesn't have trade protection? I have cat friendly. Sure. Okay, so Pacioretty we know doesn't work. Uh, Alex Tuck, five more years in 4.7, no trade protection. That will help. Um, <laughs> you're not going to trade Laurent Bressois. No. Um, Shea Th- no. no. No, you're not trading Shea Theodore. Um Brady McNabb makes 2.5, but you kind of need him because you don't have any more D. You're not trading White Cloud either because you just extended him, and it's still not enough. Um, besides that, Chandler Stevenson at two points. No, you don't have any centers to begin with. Evgeny Dadnov has trade protection, and why would you want him if you're Buffalo? And the only other guy is, is, is Riley Smith, who only has a year left in his 30. So I'm a little concerned as to who the hell Vegas are giving up here to get this to go through. I have my theory about Vegas. Mm -hmm. Um, Who had a weird start to the season. They are still, I mean, they're four and four, but they didn't have the greatest start. I say they, if you're trading for Jack Eichel, It's just, I don't know how you, like, how you do anything else. Like, they're still up above their $6 million over the cap. Yeah, they got a bunch of guys on LTIR, but you have to fit $10 million in that cap because we know Buffalo is not retaining salary. I say they make this trade. Vegas goes, we have whatever year we have, and then – you go, we're restart. We're going to murder that division next year with Eichel and Carlson as your one, two, and maybe Nolan Patrick as your three. You still have Robin Leonard. Yeah. Like, if you're giving up a piece, I know um, Merrick suggested Nick Haig because Payne Krebs is off the table, but Still, like, I think this team maybe has an off year and comes back next year if they tra- trade for Eichel. And if they're coming back next year, they are coming back strong. My only question is, what about that owner? 
because we know he's like, I want to win now. It would make sense. Like it's something like, like a team like Pittsburgh, we know are good. Yes. But even when Pittsburgh has set quote retooled, they've been playoff teams, but they haven't been uber competitive. Right. Tampa may be at that point. Now we'll see. Um, that's the one thing I have is what what sort of like what does the owner say there because we know how aggressive he is. So bomber, do you have? No, sorry, sorry, Alex. But, no, I mean, yeah, go ahead. No, I let I Alex just, go for you. Okay. I was just gonna say you go up to that owner and you say, well, listen, we're gonna trade for Jack Eichel, uh, who is a top center in this league, who will lead us for years to come. So if we have one off year, uh... go ahead, bomber. Yeah, it's Jack Eichel. Like, I mean, you do what you need to do to get Jack Eichel in Vegas. Um, the, it's funny because a lot of – we've seen a lot with Vegas getting players, bringing them in, and then moving them. I think I did say this on this show. What's – like, if I'm signing in Vegas, I'm not signing without a trade clause, at some sort of trade clause, because what's stopping them from trading me to Buffalo? Because I don't want to live in Buffalo for the six years of my contract. Because you're not getting out of Buffalo. You won't. Unless Bill Zito is trading for you, then you're probably getting out of Buffalo. But you do what you need to do to get Jack Eichel. Um, you do have guys coming off the books next year. And you, you're going to put Eichel in LTIR anyways for a, a mm -hmm. while. And there's always a way to kind of move money in and out. Um, you can throw some draft picks. That's the team at the deadline. Just pray they help you out with that. You go for Jack Eichel. You have to give up guys like Nolan Patrick. You're going to have to trade one of your, um, some, some of your prospects, whoever Vegas has still, cause I know they trade all of them too. Um, if you can make it happen, you make it happen. Fair enough. I remember when I put that poll up saying, do you trade Suzuki and Caulfield for Eichel? And you said, yes, cause it's Eichel. It's that simple. Uh, good players. And we know Vegas do love to go get the good players. Don't we? All right. Um, uh, the rest of the stuff here is, I mean, um, just injury stuff. Drew Dowdy's out for a little bit. That's a shame. He was having a good start. Uh, same with Nikita Kucherov. But good news, everyone. It is not long enough where he will be out for the entirety of the season. But technically, reminder what Cat Friendly tweeted out, if they get Eichel now, they can put him on LTIR. He can come back for the playoffs. It's just how do they pull it off? I don't know. Would we be surprised? No, and it's sickening. Um, listen, I don't listen. You lost in the first round. My team lost in the final. I know one wants Tampa to fail more than me, buddy. Don't worry. Well, the one they problem better. with Tampa doing that deal is they already lost their entire bottom line because of cap restraints yeah. from the last few cup runs. Yeah, you could theoretically just like, all right, let's go three peat right now if Jack Eichel can actually play this season because he's injured, and if Jack Eichel can't play. You just not only screwed yourself this season because you're going to have to trade a lot to get them, and Tampa doesn't have a lot to trade. You guys are going to have to move a Stamkos or a point, which you're not going to do. Oh, I feel like well, they maybe Stamkos. Stamkos. I think they moved Stamkos in the offseason. Hold, hold you on. You won't be able on. to move a point, if, which you if, yeah, but to, to, move, to move Stammer, though, we know from previous reports that he's only going to go to Vegas. And if does you're he have Vegas, a full no trade clause. Uh, Steven Stamkos does have a full no trade clause, no move. Yeah. Well, hey, they still need centers in Vegas, right? Yeah, but if you're Vegas, why the hell do I want 32 year old broken Steven Stamkos who can't score five on five anymore? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like that's it's the, the NHL. one thing. Like, 
Yeah, but you know, <laughs> they are complete idiots. Some Fair. of them are. That's a good. Hi, Vancouver. That's a good. That's a good point. That's a good. I didn't point. say that. No. Anyway, hey, maybe maybe Tampa do the thing of oh, it's one more year. So what if we lose? Who's up this year? Andre Palat's a good player. He's always so quiet. That's one of those players where you always remember, damn, why the hell do they have Andre Palat? That's mean. But still, I mean, you never know. Um, it would be funny, but then it would instantly be like, I hate this. Uh, hi, Corey play, Perry playing on the top line because spite you, Montreal, you losers. Remember how on the offseason everyone was like, listen, after Kucherov's drunken, drunken tirade after they, uh, they won the cup, and everyone was like, if anyone's having a bad time in Montreal when Tampa are in town – the way that the whole of Montreal are playing right now is if you just come out and spank Tampa like 6 nothing or something, um, <laughs> um, could you just imagine that? Imagine that. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, that's, I've lost my train of thought there. But um, Okay. Um, do you guys have anything you'd like to talk about? There's a lot of stuff here, but again, we're going to wait for, for Daniel to come back for uh, to talk about uh, Shovel Day off staying put. We've talked about Coach Q. We talked about Taves and Kane. Um, we'll talk about some of the stuff to do with Aldrich and his name possibly being off off the cup next week. Um, even though we've missed an opportunity because we have the guy who works for the Hockey Hall of Fame, but still, you know. Um, and again, hopefully there are some more updates to do with um, Donald Fear and all that. Um, and an again, update. okay, really, this, what is this it? This is forty minutes ago, David Pagnotta. Okay. Uh, PA executive board called call wrapped up about 15, 20 minutes ago, initial reactions under the circumstances is that there was good dialogue and it was informative. Also told not to expect any change at the executive director level, which executive director would be Donald fair. Uh, I would like to know how that conversation went because um Besides what's happened with Beach, it's not like Donald Fear has a glowing resume to begin with. AKA, if I'm Jack, how much do you think Jack Eichel's a fan of Donald Fear right now? Because I don't think he is. I'd have I'm to very, especially with how mad the players were, apparently, I'd really like to know how good what the PA had to say was. Because so far, the only thing they've ever done for the players is Olympics. And we lost that for a couple of years. And they barely, and the, the PA barely wanted to go to the Olympics. And, and they could still leave the Olympics too, which is the funny thing. But we just yeah. don't talk about that because we really hope they go. Um, Anything else you guys want to mention? Uh, Alex, Bomber, or anything, or you think we're good to go here? Well, since we're on the PA, just quickly, uh, Ted Lindsay yeah. is not a happy man if he sees what the PA is doing. No, man, you talk about a guy who, you know, wasn't it him who, like, who – wasn't it, like, Lindsay was the first guy who to make sure his family could go to the – and, like, to go to the his Hall of Fame ceremony, and it was, like, he, because of, like, the stuff with the PA, it was, like, why Detroit, like, stalled in him or something. The story of guys like him, Bauer, and Beliveau, or, like, I think they've been referred to as sort of the three gentlemen of hockey's history. Definitely go yeah. look that up. Um, but that's just – no, you make a very, very good point there, Al. Um, bomber. God damn it. Um Anyway, see, this is maybe this is why you should host because then you don't have to refer to yourself. And it's just Alex, go ahead. Okay, um, and then you know, since you're here, we're finishing off. Um, why don't you plug all your stuff because it's all very good. 
All right, so if you guys want to hear more Panthers content, you can find me over on Twitter at abomgartner91. You can also find my content on Five Reasons Sports and Five Reasons YouTube. I do a weekly show there about the Florida Panthers, as well as articles occasionally, and I do run the Florida Panthers Five Reasons affiliated. Um, well, we're not affiliated with the Panthers. Five Reasons Beat Twitter account Fifth Line Five R. Mm-hmm. All right. And again, next time we have you, it's not actually going to talk about hockey. It's going to be the whole cake review. Because never forget. Okay. But will um, all four of us be here? No. Of course not. Absolutely not. In fact, it won't be. There will be four of us, but we'll just have like Will Baldwin on. <laughs> Who knows? Okay. Um, thank you for listening. Always fun. Again, thank you for coming on, Alex. We always appreciate it. Always nice to have you on with that lovely, lovely Panthers background. Um. Is that a Dolphins hat you have on, or is it just a Florida that's... This is a Trinidad and Tobago hockey hat. Oh, wow. From the Mighty Ducks movie. Wow. So, Not bad. Oh, the, the, the hat hair looks great, eh? Hey, right? <laughs> Got the helmet hair going. That's great. All right. Well, yeah, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, download it. Why not? Rate it on iTunes. It's not iTunes anymore. It's podcast app, and it's horrible because you can't multi-select and delete stuff anymore. It's absolutely awful. Fix yeah. it, Apple. All that money, and you can't make a – stop messing with the podcast app. It was good. <laughs> stop it. It's like playing Jonathan Drew in its center. It makes no sense. And anyway, the, um, check put out – the audio jack back. Yeah. Oh, don't even. <laughs> don't even so get much. started. There's so <laughs> much. Um, anyway, yeah, check out the show on TikTok and all that. Alex does a great job with that. Um, again, yeah, check out all the Bomber stuff. Check out my YouTube channel. Keep your eye out if you're anyone from the school listening for next Wednesday's Think of the Eye Opener because there might be a story about the new ski and snowboard club coming out. What? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. But yeah. Sorry, Gavin. Um, anyway, that's it. Thank you. We'll see you later.